0: is just pour out your heart to God. He, He is amazing. His love for you is unending. He is far more powerful than your sin or any weakness, anything in your past. Your future, He holds it. He is incredible. And so God, we wanna thank you for who you are. The most powerful one we could ever imagine speaking this world into being. Yet here you would, you'd come and you would meet with us. You would visit us, you would speak to us. You would save us. You would rescue us. Even while we were your enemies, you came for us. You are incredible. That heart you have for us, God, is incredible. God, we're all so aware of our sin. We fail you, but you come after us. You love us. You invite us to come to you. And Lord, we just wanna say we love You. We do, Lord, as a whole here, we cry out. Lord, even in our hearts now, we're saying, God, we love You. Where would we be without You? We worship You. We thank You. And we honour You in this place. We wanna lift You up in this place tonight. In Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, welcome to church tonight and online as well. It's so good. To have you guys, we have the privilege tonight to share in communion together. And if you're online, maybe just take a few moments to find some elements there in your, your home. Um, but what I love about communion is we remember Jesus and we remember the cross, and that is the center of our faith, isn't it? It's like an anchor. An anchor. If you think of an anchor on a ship, it, it, it goes down deep into the ocean and then it holds. And that ship then, doesn't matter what tide comes or what, whether it's swept away in any direction, it is anchored to that place. It's kept strong in that place. It will not go away. And I find so often in my life that I need an anchor. When things don't go, go my way in life, my thoughts, my feelings can take me to all sorts of places and it is so good to come to the cross and say, well, there is my anchor. If I don't feel worthy, if I don't feel loved, if I feel condemned because my own sin, I come back to my anchor that Jesus has forgiven me, that Jesus loved me so much that He would die on the cross for me. This is my anchor. This is what we keep coming back to. And that's why Jesus said, when, when, when he, just before he died and he's celebrating with his disciples, he said, you know, remember me, remember this. And here we are, 2,000 years later, remembering this anchor. The writer of Hebrews, he, he put it this way in Hebrews six, nineteen. he says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. Isn't that cool? That you have an anchor for your soul you do not have to be swept up by the wind and the waves of life because you have an anchor for your soul. He goes on to say it's firm and secure and it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. What he's saying is that there was this curtain in the temple that was a constant reminder that the sin of humanity separated them from a holy God. But what he's saying is our hope is in Jesus who has torn that curtain, that all those who are in Jesus can go directly into the presence of God. Is that not incredible? Is that not amazing? That despite knowing our weakness and our sin, that because of Jesus, we know we are forgiven. We are reconciled with our Creator, with our Father. And that's what we remember here tonight. I'm just going to give you a few moments actually just to open up those little packets because I know that they sometimes take a little while so you go ahead and do that. And we're going to share communion together here tonight. Those online as well, you can join us. Have you got access there to the little wafer? And Jesus, when He was with His disciples and I was betrayed, He said, this is the body of Christ given for you. And I say that to you, this is the representation of Jesus Christ's body given for you. Let's eat it and remember Him. Remember what He's done for us. Let's take that bread together now. In the same way, He took the cup and He said, this is my body. This is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins in Jesus we are forgiven the Bible says as far as the east is from the west that's how far our transgressions are moved we give give thanks to Jesus for taking our sin let's drink together now let's give thanks together well there are is nothing greater that we could celebrate together, Lord. And I wanna thank you. This is a promise for every single one that is here tonight, joining us here at Bridgman, those online, that the sacrifice, Jesus, that you have made is for all people and it covers all sin. No one is too far from you, God. And I wanna thank You, Lord Jesus, that You have moved our sin as far as the east and from the west it is taken, that we are now made right with God. These are incredible truths. And so Lord, we are here tonight. We are free actually. We don't have to have guilt on our shoulders. We don't have to have condemnation. We are free here. And Lord, now we are free to worship because You have come for us. You have saved us. You have rescued us. You have set us free. And so, Lord, we are here as free people worshiping you. And we want to lift our hearts of praise here tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me as we continue to worship? And you do that as a free person saved by the grace of God. Let's worship together here tonight.
1: Amen. I won't forget the wonder I've watched you for. Deliverance. The exodus of my heart You found me, you freed me Held back the waters of my release oh, sign that you are with me, a fire by night is a guiding light to my feet, if you found me, you freed me, How back the waters for my release, oh yeah.
2: because You're worthy of all that glory. It's true, I think Andrew prayed it earlier, but it's just an incredible thought that we can know You, that we can have a personal relationship with You, great God. And and I love the fact that, Lord, it's not for the elite, it's not for those few, it's not for those that attend church or pray, it's, it's for every single person. You came for every person. You love every person so much, great God. And what a privilege and honour it is to to call You Father, to know You personally, it's extraordinary. Thank You, God, that You can lead us, that You guide us, that You show us a way forward. And we just pray, Lord, that we continue to be obedient to You as we seek Your guidance in and through our lives, Father God, that You'd find in us an obedient people, great God. We love You, Lord, we worship You, and we pray all these things in Jesus' mighty Name. Amen. Amen. Hey, so good to have you here in the auditorium. So great to have you online as well. Um, Before you grab a seat, why don't you just take a moment to say hi to a few people around you. That'd be amazing. Do it in a COVID safe way. Good, very good. Well, welcome again. Feel free to grab a seat and uh, we'd love to catch up with you afterwards as well. Now, before I get, uh, if, you, if you're if you just visiting and, and you're here tonight, maybe it's the first time, maybe you've just been coming for a little while. After service, we do have a bit of a connections lounge to my left, up the very back. And uh, we'd love to connect with you up there. Uh, or even if you're, if you're not just visiting, but you, you've been coming for a little while and you just wanna connect in, you wanna find out more about connect groups or whatever it might be. Well, feel free to come up and we'd love to um, uh, let you know about uh, some, some of the stuff that's going on around the place as well. Now, as we launch into 2021, which is pretty crazy as we launch into this year. Uh, we, as a church, we've always held this value that we want to seek the will of God and then follow His leading and His guidance. And so uh, as we launch off into the year, we are gonna do three days of prayer. It's 2021 Uh seeking, you know, praying, praying for God's vision uh, for us the year. And so I wanna encourage you, if you're here, if you're, you're listening online, there's gonna be some Zoom opportunities to join in for that prayer as well. So we'd love you to join us to pray. This is so important. It's so important for your own personal life, but this is so critical for us on a corporate level as well. Where is God guiding us? What is He wanting us to do this year? We wanna walk in where He is leading us. So it launches on the 3rd of February, uh, it's a Wednesday, I think. Uh, starts Wednesday morning. There's corporate prayer meetings happening there Wednesday, Thursday through to Friday. And then on Friday night, it finishes. And we're actually finishing at our city venue, uh, 81 Elizabeth Street on the rooftop there. We're gonna finish uh, the night there praying. Uh, but again, I really wanna encourage you to just come and pray uh, with us as we launch into the year. Now, um, the other thing I do wanna mention is we do this every year, but we're doing a, a corporate, um, uh, what do we do, Connect Group series. And, uh, and so we're starting that, commencing that on the 14th of February. And if you're, I often talk about this, but in a big church setting, it's hard to connect in sometimes. But this is a really, really important thing for us. So uh, a church wide series is so valuable to be able to get into a connect group and do that series together. Uh, if you're not yet in a connect group, we would love to get you into one. And you can just jump online and follow the prompts from there and uh, register uh, through online to get in a connect group. Or if you've been in a connect group last year. We want you to get back into a connect group. That'd be amazing. Uh, Just so you can connect with others and grow spiritually. Uh, with others also. Now the uh, op shop, our op shop has been running uh, last year and it's just going amazing. Uh, it relaunches again on the 30th of January. Now, As part of that, there's a summer sale clothing happening that we're gonna open up the studio as well and, uh, and, and sell off a heap of clothes as well. Obviously they got heaps they need to get rid of, all good clothes, that is amazing clothes. So uh, that launches or that um, uh, reopens. 30th of January that off shop and uh, the other thing I do want to mention now Andrew Pastor Andrew mentioned this this morning. But he runs an amazing ministry uh, for international students wanting to uh, learn English. And he would love some more volunteers to to help out in this ministry. Uh, He would know all about it. But if you want to find out a little bit more, uh, he'd love to chat to you about it. So make sure you come and see Andrew uh, after the service. And I think you do that online. Is that right? So you do that online. And uh, it is really simple, really straightforward. You don't need to be an absolute expert in the English language. um, But he can tell you more about it. But he would love to... uh, chat to you afterwards as well now the other thing is we took up a special offering at Christmas time and I just want to mention this Uh, it goes to impart ministry overseas to those that are far less fortunate that are struggling uh, even to to get food and uh, we at Christmas time took up a special offering to go uh, to this ministry and I just want to update you that we've raised so far $34,000 towards that which is just amazing so thank you so much Uh, for your generosity as well. Now, finally, there is a latest engagement that we just want to announce as well. Uh, Is Kayla here somewhere and Ashton? I think Ashton's out the back, because he's running all that. Mate, if you've got time, maybe you can run out from the back and just poke your head out. And I think Kayla's somewhere on the, um, oh yeah, on the camera, just here as well. Congratulations Kayla and Ashton, both serving, pouring your lives out. Good job, that's awesome. Congratulations, the two of you. Well, Let's jump up on our feet. Uh, we're going to pray. We're going to uh, worship and hear from God's Word in just a moment as well. Father, we, uh, we thank You for that offering. That's amazing as we give financially to those in this world that are, are just struggling. And what a blessing that is for us to be able to give that away and to, um, yeah, just to give towards others, Father God. It's the least that we can do. And so we thank You for the generosity, great God. And uh, Lord, we want to uh, continue to seek You as we launch into this new year. And uh, this has always been our heart. It's about You guiding and You leading us, great God. And so we continue to pray that You'd show us the way forward. What do You wanna do? What do You want us to, to be involved in? How do You want us to, uh, to serve this year, Father God? And so lead us. Continue to guide us, great God, we pray. And we just pray, Lord, that we'd have such a heart and a hunger for You, uh, just desiring more of You in our hearts and in our lives, growing in intimacy with You, great God, we pray. Uh, So we thank You, Lord. We continue to worship You and we continue to pray that as we hear from Your Word tonight, that You'd speak to our hearts and challenge us in some way or another. So we worship You now, great God, in Jesus' mighty and precious Name.
3: We're gonna sing this last chorus again the God who fights for me just before um, Trav comes up and brings the word but I want us to be faith filled knowing the promises of our great God God says something he doesn't just state it but it's actually a promise and it's command And, and he says that he's for us he's not against us you know that very moment Jesus died on the cross and he said it is finished he was saying the penalty of death is now being completed And then the resurrection of Jesus means we have a God who can conquer death and who can definitely deal with our sins. Do you believe that, church? Come on, do you believe that? Come on, let's not hold back. You're the God. Pray now, as Trav comes and brings your word, we just ask that it will come upon great soil, Lord. Open our eyes and our hearts to the things of you. Lord, we want to leave this place changed. Lord, may your Holy Spirit change us, humble us, reshape us, and bring us afresh to our knees before you, our Creator God. And We just want to say we love you and bless Trav in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give a massive encouragement
4: and shout out to Pastor Troy. Thanks so much. I was down the front ready to go and then um, my wife Lauren, I thought the prayer was going to go for the whole night, bless her, (laughs) which is awesome, such great encouragement. Um, It's so good to be here with you, um, here at the 6pm service. It's so good to be um, back in church, isn't it? I, I mean it's only been one weekend that we were away but Man, it's so good to be back in here. I love the new fashion statement, everyone's rocking. Um, you seem to have timed that well together. Uh, and online as well, so good to have you online, whether you're tuning in for the first time. Um, it's awesome to have you with us. Um, I'm aware that every second wearing a mask feels like an eternity. So I'm going to jump straight into our passage tonight because um, I don't want to waste your precious time. So we're going to read from Matthew 11, verses 28-28 to 30 here together. So if you've got your Bible app, pull that out. If you've got the real thing, the real Bible, good on you, Um, pull that out as well. And let's read from Matthew 11. The passage is Jesus' words and he says, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is is easy and my burden is light amazing words whether you've heard much of the Bible before whether you've read much of the Bible or not it's likely that you have heard a snippet of this passage before because it's a beautiful passage it's a beautiful depiction of Jesus' heart and and desires um, for us and if you're there and you're stuck on the yoke part Um, and you're thinking about eggs, don't worry, we've all been there. Um, we'll, We'll get to that in just a moment. It's a beautiful passage because we're talking about a beautiful thing. We're talking about rest. And everyone in this room can testify that at some point or another, maybe even daily, you've cried out, I just need a holiday. I need a break. I need a day where I do nothing. I need some time to rest. We have all said these kind of things. Just recently, uh, I went down to the coast for a week and the hardest part of my day was deciding um, if I was going to go to the beach two times or three times, uh, how long was my nap going to go for, you know, was I gonna get up bright and early at 9am or was I gonna get up at 11, who knows? Tough decisions, tough decisions for me on my holiday. And when we think of rest, this is what we usually think of. We usually think physical rest, doing very little, sticking to a loose schedule, um, if any schedule at all, not forcing ourselves to, to do any work or anything too strenuous. You know, for the modern person, I think you can agree when I say that work and rest are binary concepts. You can't have both at the same time. You can't have work and rest at the same time. It just doesn't make sense. Your rest is, becomes the means by which you can continue to work. And don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not here to, to bag out rest or say that you, know, you don't need rest or anything like that. Of course, um, physical rest is, is incredibly necessary. Um, but in our world, it just feels like it's so hard to come by. If you're really into your holidays, uh, one of the best life decisions you can make is to become a school teacher. Um, 12 weeks a year, paid holidays, it's a real joy. I'm not going to lie. I just finished up teaching last year. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, and I remember as an undergrad at um, university um, going around the circle doing an icebreaker about. Um, you know, why we wanna become a teacher. And there's all the wholesome answers. The, there's all the people that say, you know, I just love kids. I love, I just wanna help people. Um, you know, I, I, love, I love helping the next generation. And then there's the realists in the circle who just say, I'm just here for the lifestyle, to be honest. You know, 10 weeks of holidays. i uh, sorry, 10 weeks of work. Well, yeah, more than 10 weeks of holidays. 10 weeks of work, two weeks of a break, do that four times and then six weeks at the end of the year, I'm here for that. And um, the funny thing is though, even after a big summer break, um, as teachers when you come back to school, what I found at least is the conversation between colleagues goes something like this. You know, you say, how was your holiday to your, your teacher colleague? And they usually reply with something like, yeah, it was good, but gee, not long enough. True rest It seems it's just unattainable, no matter how long we get. And I I wanna make a clear distinction here tonight that the rest that Jesus is talking about in this passage isn't just physical, it's much deeper than that. Jesus is not talking about physical rest, he's talking about spiritual rest, rest for our souls, the deep settling of our hearts, the calm assurance deep within. And the truth is you can have all the holiday in the world, but if your soul is not rested, then you will feel burdened, weighed down, tired. I'm aware that that is is some of us here tonight. And I wanna ask that question of you right now. If you truly reflect right now where you're at, is your soul tired right now? You know, are you physically well-rested? Are you physically well-fed? Yet deep down, you're weary and burdened. As humans, we, we yearn for purpose. This is something that we, we all strive for. We all wanna have purpose. And we pursue after things that we believe will give us such purpose. Um we can think of these things in our lives as our true north. Now, I'm not a map person at all. I'm not, I don't go on hikes or anything like that. Um, but what I've, what I've learned is that true north is the direction that points directly towards the geographic north pole on the earth. It's a fixed point on the earth's globe. Now, the true north in our lives you can think of it metaphorically, is the fixed point by which everything in our lives is oriented. It's the thing that we aim for, the thing that we fit our schedules around, the thing that we are in pursuit of. It's our, it's our true north of our lives. Now, in getting you thinking about, well, what, what might this actually look like? What does a true north, what does my true north look like? Um, each person is gonna be completely different. And one of the tools that um, has popped up a heap recently, it's an incredible tool for looking at the human psyche. It's called the Enneagram. You may have heard of this. Um, As humans, we love just to figure out what our personality is. We love to know, you know, who we are, what are our strengths and weaknesses. Um, And so we love these kind of online personality tests. Um, For a while, it was the Myers-Briggs, you might have heard of that. And I just, I feel like recently the Enneagram has just taken off and who knows what it'll be after that, but... It's an incredible tool because um, it looks at not just your personality, but your deep desires. It looks deeply at the person, um, the type of people that we are. And I don't wanna butcher the Enneagram for anyone out there. I know that there's a real culture around it at the moment. So if you're an Enneagram enthusiast, don't, um, don't hold it against me. And I don't wanna take too much time to describe each type. But essentially there's nine interconnected person sorry nine interconnected types of personality okay so I'm going to go through each nine really briefly and your job is going to be to try and figure out which one am I most dominant in you you might find that you're in a couple of them but try and pick the one that you're most dominant in okay if you know already just try and match up the people in your lives to to try and categorize them in your in your head so type one is called the reformer They are rational, idealistic, principled, purposeful, but perfectionistic. Type two is the helper, the caring, interpersonal, demonstrative, generous, people pleasing, um, a little bit possessive. Type three is the achiever, the success oriented, adaptive, excelling, driven, but also a bit image conscious. Type four is called the individualist. It's the sensitive, withdrawn type, expressive, dramatic, a little bit self absorbed, and a little bit temperamental. Type five, the investigator, is the intense cerebral type, perceptive, innovative, secretive, um, but isolated. Type six, the loyalist, the committed, security oriented type, engaging, responsible, but a little bit anxious and a little bit suspicious. Type seven, the enthusiast, the busy, fun-loving type. They're spontaneous, versatile, distractible, but a little bit scattered. Type eight is the challenger. We all have a challenger in our lives. We all know someone who is a type eight. They're powerful, dominating, self-confident, decisive, willful, but a little bit confrontational. And then lastly, type nine, the peacemaker. Easygoing, receptive, reassuring, agreeable, but complacent. Now, how'd you go? There's a lot of information there. Did you, did you find a type that you sort of can sit with? The value of this tool, and this is just a tool, this is not, this is not to say you are this and you will always be this, of course not. The value of this tool is that when we, when we figure out what kind of type that we're similar to, we can look at what that type deeply desires. Okay, so if you remember which type you are, now I'm just going to go through really briefly which, what is the desire of those types. Okay, so type 1's desire integrity, wholeness, and morality. Type 2's desire love. They want to feel appreciated, needed, and affirmed. Type 3's desire success, achievement, value, Fours desire significance and identity. They strive for greater self knowledge and authenticity. Fives desire knowledge and competence. Their greatest fear is to be seen as incompetent, so they fill their minds with all this knowledge to escape that. Sixes desire security and belonging. They want to find a group or a belief system that they can trust in without question. Sevens desire happiness. They seek freedom and adventure. Eights desire to be in control of their own life. They seek independence from others and rules. And nines desire to be at peace. They desire to be laid back and comfortable. And um, in a way, these deep desires, you can say that these things um, have a tendency to become our true norths. They are the things that we set our internal compass to. And you may see yourself in one of these types and recognise your deepest desire as well. So maybe for you, your true north, your, your deepest desire is to be successful in everything you do. And so from the clothes you wear to the people you surround yourself with, the things you attempt or things you don't attempt, all revolves around the pursuit of being successful. Now, how that success actually comes out, whether that's financial or relational, or if it's in a sports competition, grades at university or school, that is just the symptom of the deep desire in your heart, in your soul. At the bottom of each of our surface level wants lies the deep desire of our soul. If you take, for example, uh, finances or money, and a lot of the time we think of um, well I have a real desire for money, I have a value for money, and the thing is well wh- what why do you desire money because a type three will desire money to be successful to be seen as a- achieved something they have all this money that's an achievement, but a type one will see money as um, something that they need to control because it's good to control money it's good to um, you know take care of your finances it's wrong to to um, just sort of use your money wildly. A type six will save lots of money because they're worried about the future. They wanna have security. So you see, it's not that money is your deepest desire. There's a deeper desire underneath that. And that is what I, I wanna draw your attention to now, even as you sit and dwell on that. What is your deep desire? What is your true north at the moment? Or oh, what is your tend what is the tendency, your tendency to, to to drift towards? What is it for you? Because the reality is, any desire, any true north that is not Jesus will make us weary and burdened. It's so crucial. We know this. Anything that is any—if we set anything as our true north that isn't Jesus—we will become weary and burdened. George MacDonald says, "Jesus calls those who do not know that ignorance of the Father is the cause of all their labor and the heaviness of their burden." Our souls become burdened because we pursue things that cannot give our souls true rest. Now to demonstrate this, Jesus gives us this picture of a yoke. And the, uh, the yoke that he's referring to isn't the runny yellow stuff, um, but it's actually a wooden cross piece used to tether animals, usually cows or oxen, together so that they can pull a cart behind them. There should be a photo um, up behind me. It locks them in together so that they move as one and combine their efforts Um, and lessen the load, or burden is another word for load, um, that they have to pull. The truth is the thing that we most desire in this world, the thing that our souls deeply desire, the things that we deep down long for, our true north, those are the things that our souls are yoked to. Those are the things that we, we tie ourselves to, the things that we tether ourselves to, that we believe will give us purpose, that we believe will give us meaning in life, give us rest, give us joy, give us happiness, all these things that we seek. And what is the result? You know this, you know this in your own walks, I'm sure, That and Jesus tells us, The burden we carry when we yoke ourselves to anything, anyone but him, is so heavy. It's too heavy. It causes us to become weary. It's endless. We feel as if we're going nowhere. And to come back to the Enneagram um, personality test for a moment, whilst you may recognise a desire in yourself for achievement or order... If you yoke yourself to that desire, you will become burdened and weary. And what I mean by that is you might, the, the, the desire for achievement isn't, isn't a bad thing in and of itself. The desire for order, that's, that's not a bad thing. It's when you yoke your soul to it. That is when it becomes a, a disaster. The road is weary when you yoke yourself to something that isn't Jesus. I'll step it out really, really briefly. If you yoke yourself to being socially popular, for example, or your social image, then you will overcommit to events. You will forever be trying to prove yourself in social situations. Uh, You won't be able to take criticism from your friends. You will be exhausted trying to maintain your image. Or if you yoke yourself to happiness, You will will just run yourself ragged from hobby to hobby, from activity to activity, from friendship group to friendship group to avoid any situation which might not make you happy. And you will live avoiding any pain you can and therefore avoiding any growth at the same time. You can't take a holiday from this kind of exhaustion. The burden that comes when you are yoked to anything but Jesus comes with you everywhere. There is no end point to this burden. There is no, ah, now I have security. Now I have success or now I have order. Now I have all the knowledge in the world. There is no end point. You will pull that cart for your entire life and forever feel unsettled, tired and held down. So here's, the, here's the, the game changer. Here's the good news for us tonight. It's important to acknowledge just how, how unsettling it is when we are yoked to something other than Jesus. But we need to know that the invitation from Jesus is so simple. It's come to me. Come to Jesus. That's the invitation. He says, "Set your soul's true north to me, and you will find the rest you have been craving for." And this has always been the invitation from the Lord. You know, when Moses asked the Lord, "How will I be able to lead the Israelites to the promised land? Who will you send with me? How do I how do I pull this cart, this burden, this load that I have? How do I how do I pull it?" Exodus thirty three fourteen the Lord says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. There it is again. Where my presence is, there is rest. You know, when the people of Judah rebelled against God and were looking for superficial fixes, superficial treatments, superficial peace. Jeremiah 6.16, the Lord says, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find Rest for your souls. Find the good way. The good way is where the Lord is. True rest for our souls is only ever found in the presence of God. Only ever. There is no rest without my presence, says Jesus. And so when we come to Jesus, we are required to take off the yoke that burdens us and put on his yoke. Not, not a yoke like his, not yoking ourselves to being a Christian, not yoking ourselves to a set of systems or beliefs. We are taking the very literal yoke that Jesus himself carries and we are tethered to the person of Jesus. Jesus. There is an invitation here, an offer. Take off the thing that is burdening you. Come and be tethered to the person of Jesus. What happens when you take the the other end of Jesus' very yoke? You end up doing as he does. You are are brought into alignment with him. Where he goes, you go. What he does, you do. You be as He is. We walk step by step with Him. We do the same work as Him. When He rejoices, we feel that same rejoicing. When He feels compassion, we feel that same compassion. And when He feels rest, as He always does, because He's in the perfect will of the Father, we too feel that rest, the deep rest. We can follow His good path his righteous path, because we are tethered to him and he is walking it. Do you see this beautiful um, alignment that happens? And I mentioned it before, we receive true rest because Jesus himself receives it from the Father. And with that there's there's more than just rest on offer here when we're yoked to Jesus. There's more. And just um we just get you know a calm in our lives. That's incredible, of course, but there's also more to it. Jesus tells us when we take on his yoke, we too share in his burden. But his burden is light. And you might be thinking, how can that be? How can you have a burden? You know, a burden is is, you know, when you um you have a chore, you have a responsibility to do. That's a burden. Well, no, a burden is. Your work, it's it's your purpose, it's your job. The burden is the cart that you pull behind you, and Jesus' burden is light because his burden is to do the will of the Father. John 6 38 for I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And what is the will of the Father? It's to redeem humanity, to share the good news of the kingdom of God, to seek and save the lost. What I mean by all of this is when we join with Jesus, when we are yoked to Jesus, we receive life in a greater way than we could ever know. We receive purpose. We share in the work that He is doing. We walk in obedience with Him just as He walks in perfect obedience with the will of the Father. We could never do that by ourselves. We we could never walk the righteous path without being tethered, dependent, utterly dependent on Jesus. And he makes a way for us. When you do life with Jesus, work and rest are not binary, but are beautifully intertwined. No other work of the no other work in the world is like this other than the work of the father deeply fulfilling yet deeply restful at the same time exactly where you need to be exactly where god wants you to be in his will that is what's on offer for you if you've ever felt out of place like you just you just don't your soul is restless you don't know you haven't found your place This is the invitation, come be yoked to Jesus. Come and be aligned with him so that you may too share in the will of the Father. Another um, George MacDonald quote, and he puts it in a way that I could never um, do myself. Beautiful words. He says, bearing the same yoke with Jesus, the man learns to walk step for step with him drawing the cart laden with the will of the Father of both and rejoicing with the joy of Jesus. The glory of existence is to take up its burden and exist for existence eternal and supreme. For the Father who does his divine and perfect best to impart his glad life to us makes us sharers of that nature which is bliss and that labour which is peace. This, is, this is, summarises it. He lives for us, we must live for him. The little ones must take their full share in the great father's work, for his work is the business of the family. It's deeply personal, this invitation. It's not just come and follow religious order, it's come and tether yourself to the person of Jesus. Not even, not even a yoke like his, the very yoke that Jesus is tied to as well. This is where true rest comes from. This is the only way. Yet in a beautiful way, true rest is only just part of the offer at hand here. There is purpose, there is a place for you. There is life richer than you will ever know. And so it's not me offering this invitation. Jesus offers this invitation to you tonight. I'm just, this is just the word that is, I've come across and have, have just been brought into a deeper place with Jesus because of this passage. But there's an invitation for you here tonight as well. Firstly, to recognise currently, what, what is your soul yoked to? What, are you, what is your true north at the moment? You know, what are you orientating yourself to? What's your internal compass set to? Again, I'm not saying those things are bad, but if success or having security or getting a partner or or finding, you know, order is is your is your true north, then you are going you're going down a tiresome road that just leads to a dead end. Come and throw off the things that have enslaved you tonight the desires of your soul that have only brought weariness and come and take on the yoke of Jesus. Don't wait another moment. Don't wait to see if, if it's true. Um, don't wait to see if, you know, maybe you just follow this path towards success for a little bit longer and you'll see, don't wait for that, it's a dead end. Come, be yoked to Jesus. From every burden, every anxiety, from all dread of shame or loss, it's the yoke of Jesus that sets us free. I'm going to pray and then we're going to respond in worship through a beautiful song. Let me pray for us as we come to do that. Great God, I'm just conscious that in in being tethered to you, we we need to give up our current human desires, our fleshly desires, which entangle and enslave us, even if we didn't know that they do, Lord. And so God, I just pray right now, you would point out what those things are to us. And Lord, we just thank you that they no longer enslave us. That that is the old way, you've made a new way for us to live You've given us a new purpose. And so Lord, we come, we we take off those chains, we take off those shackles and we say we only wanna ever be tethered to you, Jesus. Come, be joined to us, we pray. Show us how to live this life. Show us how to to live in, in the will of the Father. Show us your righteous paths. Help us, Lord. Help us to align ourselves to you and not be satisfied with anything less. We come now to worship you and, and respond to this. This incredible invitation requires response and we come and do that now. Be glorified, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna respond now. We're gonna sing, have it all. It's just a beautiful song of surrenderance. It says, you can have it all, every part of my world. Let's stand together. Let's give, give it all we've got in worship. Let's give Him all glory.
5: You can have it all, Lord. Every part of my world Take this life and breathe on This heart that is now yours You can have it all, Lord Every part of my Take this life and breathe on this heart that is now yours. And all oh, the joy i found, surrender. the
3: tonight for people to come and surrender their lives afresh this is a new year I believe the Holy Spirit is saying calling it out us as a church are we willing are we willing to let go of the things will we stop looking to the left and the right and we'll begin to turn our eyes on Christ and maybe for you tonight you've never given your life to Jesus and maybe you don't even know what's holding you back but maybe tonight is the night that you need to say yes to Jesus and so through this song I'm going to invite if that is you if you want to just surrender your life afresh to Jesus to the things of Him if you want to say God I don't want to live for myself anymore but I want to live for you May your kingdom's plans and purposes be so much greater than what my plans are that I'm making in my heart. You see, man makes plans, but God's will prevails. And so I want to invite you in a COVID safe way is to begin to come out of your seats and to kneel. Kneeling at the front is nothing special, but it's an act of surrenderance. Maybe it's kneeling in the aisles and begin to call out to God. What we need in this place is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Do you believe that? And that comes when people bend their knee and surrender be before Christ. And so through this song, I'm going to encourage you to be courageous and come and kneel around this auditorium, and begin to cry out to God to do a great work in our lives individually, but as a collective and maybe you want to do that even where you are. Just take a knee and cry out and let these words and this song echo the heart that God's putting in you right now. Jesus, stir in us. Take us deeper tonight. to you, to Christ and Christ alone. Lord God, may we lay down the things of this world and pursue Christ and Christ alone. Lord God, what this world needs is an outpouring of your Spirit. What this world needs is not more riches, not more material things, but needs the love of Christ and so, Lord God, as we surrender ourselves afresh, as we lay down our purposes we take hold of the call, we ask that there'll be a great stirring of your Holy Spirit, not just in this church, but right across this nation,
1: Lord God. Will you do that? Come on, church, we're going to sing out. We're going to begin to call out to God and say there's no grace,
2: Father God, we, uh, we thank You, Lord, that You offer the deep inner rest that our soul so desperately needs, great God. And I'm just conscious that maybe some are listening online, some here in the auditorium, that their heart's screaming for the deep inner rest. And if that's you tonight, I just wanna lead you in a very simple prayer, but a prayer that just says, God, I wanna follow You. I wanna know the intimacy of being tethered to Jesus and experiencing the rest that my soul so desperately desires. So if, you, if that's you tonight, you can just pray this prayer just in your head and in your heart. Dear God, Lord, I've heard Your Word tonight and my heart longs for the rest that only You can provide. I surrender my heart, I surrender my life and I wanna be, be tethered to Jesus Christ. Surrendering all, I want You to be Lord and Saviour. Give me the deep inner rest that only You can provide. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Father, thank You for those that prayed that prayer. And thank You, great God, that You are the only one that can provide the deep inner rest that our heart so desperately longs for. Lord, I'm convinced that we live in a world that is all-consuming and we're engulfed in the things of this world. And uh, thank You, great God, that as we turn to You, we can find the peace and the deep inner rest that we so desperately need. We love You, Lord. We thank You so much. Use us this week, whatever we're doing. May we be Your light and salt wherever we go, great God, we pray. We love You and we worship You and we pray these things in Jesus' mighty Name. Amen, amen. Hey, so good to have you here. So good to have you online. God bless you, whatever you're doing this week. God bless you, may God use you. Have an awesome week and we'll see you next Sunday.